Welcome to the Lewis Jonker Podcast. Lewis is a speaker, storyteller, preacher and poet. Hope you get something out of this talk. There is a small boutique paper shop on the Amalfi Coast in Italy. The beautiful Amalfi Coast. It sits on the corner of the Cathedral Square between the Rose Gardens and the sea. I imagine this place smells of lemon, salt and pizza. But this is no ordinary paper shop. Amalfi paper is famous. Its production dates back to the 13th century. It is 100% cotton and handmade. Old strips of cloth and clothing are beaten to a pulp and given new life. They are renewed and become the blank page for the poets, artists and writers who come from all over the world to find inspiration in the ethereal atmosphere of Amalfi. My friends, Josh and Sienna, visited this shop, Taboola. I think we have a photo there. And bought me a gift. This notebook. Amalfi paper bound in Italian leather, handmade with ancient techniques revisited today. This notebook is simple and elegant. There are no frills. It is real and raw. It is undefiled by mass production. It is made with love. It is authentic. It smells of leather. But don't be fooled by its simplicity. A notebook like this takes work. Being handmade, every notebook is unique. In essence, they are completely inconsistent, yet the knowledge of the ancient craftsmen has been passed down through generations. The heart is consistent. A notebook like this, well, it can't be used for shopping lists. A notebook like this is for something special. I've always known that I am called to eventually start or plant a ministry, so I vowed to Josh and Sienna I would not use this notebook until that day came. It's been sitting on my shelf for months. A notebook as authentic as this needs an authentic purpose. To be candid, I have felt this calling since 2012 when I moved to the Central Coast. A travelling prophet came through the Pentecostal church I was attending. The problem was, as a Lutheran, I didn't believe in prophets or prophecy, so I figured I would attend his prophetic workshop to prove him wrong. As a 17-year-old, I was a bit more brash. Perhaps I still am now. I don't know. Over the course of that workshop, I received a few prophecies or words of encouragement that I've held close to my heart for the last 10 years. I've only felt comfortable sharing them with my closest confidence. Something about it feels, you know, it almost sometimes feels prideful to share what's on your heart it doesn't feel humble but uh, church I love you and I trust you and I would love to share some of these sentences with you now the first traveling minister said these sentences I'm certain of the call of God on your life Lutheran or don't speak in tongues I don't care you are called and you'll pastor a church and in it's in your soul and DNA your soul is searching for your destiny you think it's the arts but it's the ministry of God you have a boldness inside of you you will do anything you will do what people say you shouldn't be doing because you have courage in your soul and the second minister followed up like it Lewis I picked up on the Lutheran comment and it reminded me of Martin Luther that he went against the flow of his generation and stood out and I think there is a prophetic anointing on your life as well, whatever that meant at that point in time, I, I, I didn't know. And part of that is a bit risky for you. 
is going to take a real faith to trust. Since court, God is going to cause leadership to come upon you in ways you didn't expect and probably in a stream you didn't expect. And through that, it will be a change, a beginning of a new generation. And like Luther, you'll have to stand against certain things and stand for other things. And I think that's what your journey will be like in the next 10 years. You're going to have to stand for certain things and it won't be easy. You'll be lonely at times, but in the long term, you'll see incredible fruit from that. To be honest, I still don't know if this form of predictive prophecy is real. When the travelling prophet came back the next year, I thought he'd be really excited to see me. He didn't remember me from a bar of soap. But I do know these words changed my life and I've pondered them for just over 10 years. In my heart and in my mind, I had planned to step into this calling in 2025 alongside two of my closest friends, Josh and Sienna, who also feel called. In the interim, I had also planned to reduce my hours at MVBC and become part-time next year so I could plan and dream about what a new ministry plant could look like. However, the financial situation at MVBC announced at our last focus meeting became a catalyst to reconsider what the future may hold. Amongst all the options on the table, NVBC and myself, this church and myself are in agreement that it is time for me to follow my calling and to fully transition out of my formal role at NVBC soon after BAM camp next year, more specifically midway through April. I'm certain in my discernment that this is the will of God, but I want to make it clear that I did not discern this on my own. I believe deeply in Proverbs 11:14 where there is no guidance the people fall, but in an abundance of counsellors there is safety. Over the past three months, the elders and church leadership have also been in discernment. To quote them directly, they have individually and separately processed my sense of calling and gathered to share and discuss what they believe the Lord was saying and what was in the best interest of myself, the pastoral team and the future of NVBC. In this, they are of one heart and one mind and were unanimous in their clear sense of the Lord's leading. I'd like to thank the leaders of MVBC who have given me genuine encouragement and clearly articulated why they personally believe it was time for me to run wholeheartedly into the purposes of God rather than a gradual transition through 2024. I'd also like to thank my own personal mentors and supervisors who have helped me discern and guided me over the last three months. I love this church, having witnessed a generation grow the upcoming BAM camp in 2024 will mark my sixth. I fondly recall my first camp when the Year 7s attended for the first time. Well, those Year 7s will be in Year 12 in 2024. I will have accompanied them through every camp of their high school years. To those of them I spoke to, I remember, <laughs> I remember kids like Luke Shaw, Nick, uh, Noah Henderson, uh, jumping around as year sevens, you know, getting bullied by the seniors in the mosh pit. Now they are the seniors in the mosh pit, bullying the year sevens. It's quite, it's quite amazing. I say bullying, I mean being funny. <laughs> we have a no bullying policy at youth, I should make that clear. NVBC is a good church. Its fruit is relevant and evident. During my time here, I've overseen 48 baptisms, number higher than any church I've ever been a part of. We dunk people. And I have seen our youth ministry grow and flourish. If you have not seen the youth band on a baptism night when the mosh pit runs free, you are missing out. There is no greater sound 
than when you can hear nothing but the voices of young people singing the music they love. And our youth leaders are the best on the coast. This is the best youth team I have ever seen. I've heard amazing sermons, the best from Evan Laurie, who's not even on staff here, and I've had amazing moments in musical worship, like Grant Booth singing around the campfire at church camp last year. I've seen people find healing and wholeness. I've cried watching parents baptize their children, and I've cried watching children baptize their parents. And I've watched people, young and old, go through hell and worship through it. I love this local church. I've found lifelong friends and I've seen God move in unbelievable ways. My time with the previous staff team, Craig, Carolyn, Phil, Benj, Will and Liesl was healing and inspiring and my, I'll be forever grateful. And my time with the new staff team over the last 18 months, Travis, Johnny, Rachel, Jackie and Liesl, gives me great hope for the future of this local church. The curious among you may be thinking, why? If it is so good, what is this sense of calling? Well, I don't have the finer details, but this I know. Something new is happening in our world, and we must not put new wine into old wineskins. This form of church is wonderful and beautiful. It has worked for countless generations. It has worked for me, and you are sitting in this room because it has worked for you. But outside these walls, there are hundreds of thousands of people who this current system doesn't quite work for. The harvests are plentiful and the workers are few. Pray, therefore, that the Lord of the harvest will send out workers into the harvest field. Did you know research conducted by the Barna Group shows only 8% of children who grow up within the Christian church remain disciples of Jesus once they graduate high school? And that's across the board, every denomination. The statistic sets a fire of compassion to my soul and I am compelled by the Spirit to lead a ministry that's sole purpose is to find a new way to reach the 92% and all of their friends. I'm smart enough to know there's nothing new under the sun. But this I know, the youth and young adults who haven't made it into this room want a faith like this notebook. Raw, real, authentic, handmade, simple. They want ancient truth bound within genuine leather. They want to recycle the old cloth and turn it into a canvas for new creativity and a new expression of faith. They want a new way. Perhaps it's not even just the youth and young adults looking for that way. Personally, I yearn for ministry that will challenge the status quo and embrace organic, unstructured approaches to reach new individuals. Approaches outside of the box. I am outside of the box. Similarly, I feel called to communicate truth and to communicate extemporaneously in a conversational manner that is relatable to the modern era and unreached people groups. I also feel called to spend significant time advocating for systems that protect individuals from spiritual abuse and due to my time in a variety of churches, I feel inherently non-denominational and thus would like to see a ministry that is interdenominational. It is my time at NVBC that has given me this passion. It is a local church that has done this the best I've ever seen it done, but there must be more. The harvest is plentiful. There must be more. 
Nothing I could dream of could ever replace what is. In God's library, there are many notebooks, parchment, papyrus, canvas, linen, wood, cotton, all among the shelves. In fact, I can't wait to work alongside MVBC for kingdom purposes and find opportunities for partnership. I sense God doing something new. Do you? I'm willing to risk it all and give up give up my full-time salary. But, you know, my, I had this discussion with my parents because I thought, well, I better do that, you know. I don't know what parents' and dads' obsession is with superannuation, but, but they really bang on about it. Uh, but even they were like, run, give it a crack. Go. I want to run with God towards his plans and his purpose. I see a new generation rising up to take their place. And I see people of all ages yearning for the authentic. My initial entry into ministry was solely driven by divine calling, not for financial reasons. And it is a divine calling that is leading me into something new. I promise to do everything I can to ensure a healthy transition for the vitality of our youth ministry. If I'm, if I'm required on a casual basis to come back after April and show up on Friday nights for the sake of our youth, I will. I, I always have been and always will be a team player, but our, our youth ministry has gone so well, like my leaders are phenomenal. They're going to be just fine. Over the coming months, you will hear much more of the vision and the finer details. As Josh, Sienna and I, and Emily, of course, embark on this journey, you'll also be given the opportunity to offer support in various ways, as the leadership of MVBC have already suggested they will do. But what do I need now? <laughs> well, to be honest, I'm not too coy to admit that my love language is words of encouragement. And I'm not too ashamed to say that encouragement is what I need. On the slip of paper, 100% cotton. If you feel led to give me a quick encouragement or you have a prophetic inkling, your words would mean a lot to me as I love you. Maybe you need time to think about that longer, but if you want to say something, you can pop it in the jar as you walk out today. Uh, perhaps you need a longer time to think. But your words would mean a lot to me, as I love you. So I guess with that in mind, Josh and Sienna, do I have permission to use my notebook? 